This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon supporter, Mizugai. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 290 of Priority One Podcast, your weekly report on all things Star Trek. Available for download or streaming on Monday, October 10th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. And I'm Kenna. And it's my birthday! <laughs> Happy birthday! Happy That's birthday, right. me! Woo. And to help celebrate your birthday, somebody is out of the sick bay. And back Yay. in the recording booth, it's our audio engineer, Winters. Hello, everyone, and thank you all for the well wishes. All right, Kenna, what do we have up this week? Well, this week we check out some fun little vignettes that have begun to circle the web now that Star Trek Beyond has hit home release. Star Trek is also making headlines in United States politics. In Star Trek Online news, we've maybe got word of a new iconic ship coming soon to the game, and we're looking at the causes behind a pretty major bug that affected console players last week. Later, Jake and Cookie are here with more exciting Trek merchandise on the promenade. And as always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open Halig Frequencies for your incoming messages. Of course, Captains, we love to keep the conversation with you going, so visit us over on our social media websites like facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast or Twitter at Priority One Pod. Or if you want to send us an email, you can do that to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Thanks again to all our Patreon supporters who make this show possible from week to week. Visit us at patreon.com forward slash priority one and find out about all the cool perks we have to offer. Now let's track out the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. I don't know. Then let's track it out. Well, now that Star Trek Beyond has hit home release, we're starting to see plenty of behind-the-scenes clips being published. The first one is a nice interview with Carl Urban and Zachary Quinto. In it, they discuss the evolution of the chemistry between Spock and McCoy, arguably one of the best parts of the film. Or, like Carl Urban said, the dialogue between the two is really at the heart of the picture. Yeah, I totally agree with that. The chemistry between the two of them totally made it. Actually, I think we've had this discussion before. I can't remember if it was on the show or if it was at Vegas or whatever, how how clever it was that they paired off all the different pairs of people in Beyond. And putting Spock and McCoy together was just brilliant. There is clearly a dynamic that was had between Spock and McCoy in the original series. And and unfortunately, in film, we only got snippets of that or exaggerations of that, right? Mm -hmm. In this film, it really gave them the opportunity to kind of show that that they do love each other, that they do, in fact, care about each other and and value each other's friendship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So the next video that has been making the rounds is one that I always enjoy for most of my favorite films, and that's the gag reel. There's nothing like watching your favorite actors break character and just 
break into laughter over something silly. It's it's like watching an SNL skit when they break character too. It's those are the best moments. And although this is a short little gag reel that's been going around, I'm hoping that the actual home release has a longer cut. It seems that in every rendition of Star Trek, every iteration, something happens with the with the doors, with the sliding doors. They always get stuck. <laughs> always. That's because they're not like real space doors, are they? No, it's somebody backstage pulling a, a lever and and Yeah. Some guy it, on the set. Right. Two guys. I always picture that it's two guys, right? And they have to coordinate it exactly. I don't know how it actually works. But I picture two guys crouched behind the wall, like nodding at each other. Like, okay, one, two, three, go. <laughs> I'm sure that's not how it works, but that's what I always picture. Anyway, so uh, speaking of the home release of Beyond... Here comes Apple swooping in again to try and one-up the other guys. So it turns out, if you purchase the HD version of Star Trek Beyond from iTunes, you also get iTunes extras, which includes commentary and over an hour of behind-the-scenes featurettes. Now, this will set you back $20 from the iTunes store. Man, it's... So, Target has bonus content, and Mm -hmm. now iTunes has bonus content. I wonder what the difference Mm -hmm. is. Like, I wonder what what Target really has. I mean, obviously, Target does not have the commentary. Right. Well, that's been a sticking point, actually. A lot of people are quite upset that apparently you can only get the commentary on the iTunes version. Yeah, that's kind of... That that was what I was hoping they were going to avoid with Mm. this release, right? They had done this previously, and now they're doing it again. And now we have to either buy both Target and iTunes or pick one. Right, and yeah. I don't even use iTunes. I'm not. I'm not an Apple person at all whatsoever. So I don't want to buy something from iTunes. Right. Do Do you actually listen to commentary on on films like this? Because Sometimes. I don't. <laughs> so Sometimes. I don't. I'm not sure I understand what the what the appeal is. To be honest, I've but... only done. I've only done it with the Matrix. <laughs> well, there's a surprise. <laughs> Yeah, I no, I think it's just it goes back to the the same thing as before. Each of the different channels that it's being released on have got a slightly different appeal, and they've probably negotiated those deals in an effort to try and draw in the people that they think are most likely to buy it. So it doesn't bother me, to be honest. It's just the the nature of the beast at the moment. I'd have bought it from Google if Google had this deal. That I would have spent money on. Oh well, now don't get me started because I would have bought it from iTunes. I would have bought it from pretty much anywhere that has it on digital HD, except that nothing does in the UK. So I'm definitely not mad about that. <laughs> definitely not. So that takes us to this week's first community question: Have you already purchased Star Trek Beyond and watched the special features? What extra content was your favorite? Speaking about the differences between the UK and the US. For those of you living here in the United States, or for those of you watching from afar, Star Trek has hit the political news sphere with a splash. The Facebook group Trek Against Trump, not in any way affiliated with CBS or Paramount, have written an open letter calling for all Trek fans to actively participate in this November's presidential election. At its core, the letter explains, quote, Never has there been a presidential candidate who stands in such complete opposition to the ideals of the Star Trek universe as Donald Trump. His election would take this country backward, perhaps disastrously, end quote. Additionally, the letter goes on to explain why this is not the election to make a protest vote. In other words, it calls on those who are able to vote for the Democratic nominee instead of not voting or voting for a third-party candidate. Perhaps the most controversial aspect of the news is that dozens of cast and crew members of Star Trek have signed this letter in support. Some of those names include J.J. Abrams, Ira Stephen Bear, 
LeVar Burton, Jonathan Frakes, Brent Spiner, Marina Sirtis, Gates McFadden, Brian Fuller, Kate Mulgrew, Simon Pegg, Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, Carl Urban, George Takei, and the list continues to grow. And I should point out that it isn't just the actors as well. It's a lot of people who are involved on the production side of it. Right. Costume designers and set designers and all sorts of things. Writers. Basically, yeah, it's a it's an unofficial conglomeration of pretty much anybody who's ever worked on Star Trek all joining together in support of this group. Um, it's not been without its controversy. I think there are quite a few people who believe that uh, particularly actors should not be making political statements. But, you know, this is a story that's, I mean, I said we had to include it in this week's episode because it's a story that has hit all of the major news outlets. Right, right. It has. Not only is it that people are upset that there should be a separation between Hollywood and and politics, but for some, they feel that that it shouldn't be discussed by anyone associated with Star Trek. Mm -hmm. But the truth of the matter is, is that Star Trek at its core addressed these issues. You know, it addressed racial equality, social injustice, economics, everything. Everything that is at the forefront of this election, Star Trek has addressed in some way, shape, or form. You know, oppression. Yeah, I mean, no matter what your political views are this election... Go vote. Yeah, agreed. Now let's get Mark in on the discussion and find out what's been happening in Star Trek Online. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Well, Captains, welcome into another edition of Stow News, where Mark and I take you through the big news of the week in Star Trek Online. Well, if any of you console players out there found it difficult to beam down to your social zones last week, we've got an explanation of that whole fiasco in just a moment. But first, while Cryptic and PWE continue to be tight-lipped about upcoming content, there's a hint of a new iconic ship that might be soon winging its way into our corner of the galaxy. That's right, in a little bit of a scoop, StarTrek.com announced the next wave of attack wing ships releasing the existence of the Command Assault Cruiser, or to we Star Trek Online players, the potential long-awaited Tier 6 Sovereign class. At the time of recording, we can't really give any more details on this. Star Trek Online themselves have yet to release anything about the ship, its stats or intentions. What we did pick up on though is that this might be a bit of an exclusive for buying the Enterprise E Wave 27 for the Attack Wing expansion. StarTrek.com stating that, quote, Players will only be able to claim the digital version of this ship for the Star Trek Online game by physically purchasing the expansion at their local game stores. End quote. So what do we think about this? Yeah. I'm not that bothered, but I'm not a ship collector and I have a feeling some ship collectors, if it turns out that it really is an exclusive ship, I think there might be some unhappiness. Especially if it's one of these things that's only like sort of within certain regions. So if the mm. code only exists for, say, the North American expansion versions rather than the ones that are made for Europe. I think that would be a, another sort of big kick in the teeth for players out with North America. Yeah. Myself and Mark were talking about this uh, before we actually started recording. And I, I'm i on the fence on how I'm actually taking this. Uh whether or not you know it's going to be exclusive to this offer or if the ship will eventually be released in game i think that it will be a bad move for s- such an iconic ship uh maybe not the most iconic ship but it is a fairly substantial iconic ship uh to have it exclusive to this one offer only and not release it 
generally uh, within the Z store to players in Star Trek Online. I can see where, you know, you read what it says there. Players will only be able to claim the digital version, blah, 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 blah. Can give you the hint that it's only for this, but I don't see the word exclusively, so I'm kind of going, maybe it might come to game. I think it would be a very bad move if it doesn't come to the game. Now, I'll admit, since ever since Tier 6 was announced and everything, this is the ship I've wanted. Right, that's my Enterprise, the one I love the most, and it's the one I was most excited to fly when Star Trek Online came out. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I want it. I want it now, please. You're not on your own there. There'll be loads of people that have been waiting for this ship for so long. Especially since it's a, a ship with a quite a, a broad appeal. Like, I hate to say the gold no, fringy ship. No, but that one is, it, it's a sort of a specialized, it's a bit of a niche market for that one of people who would really desperately want it. There's, a lot of people wanted it because they wanted the chance to get it if they wanted it. But when it's something like this that is that people have been waiting for for a long time, that's a little bit of a different story. So I don't know. I think we have to wait and see. I wouldn't want to jump to conclusions. So moving on, as much as we all know and love Star Trek Online, it's a rare thing when something very Stowe specific actually hits the mainstream of the gaming world. But our beloved game made internet waves of sorts last Tuesday when a somewhat disturbing gameplay clip made it onto the feed of gaming website Kotaku. Highlight Reel is Kotaku's periodical collection of notable clips from around the gaming universe and features readers' submissions for trick shots, crazy mods, and hilarious accidents from pretty much any game you can think of. Star Trek Online player Kvaldin submitted a clip of Tuvok performing a Vulcan mind meld on his unsuspecting captain in a cutscene, at which point his captain's face pretty much melted off. Okay, so it's not unheard of to see glitches like this in-game, but a gif of the encounter made it onto Kotaku's Twitter feed under the headline, Vulcan Mind Meld Goes Too Far. At the time of this recording, the tweet has been retweeted literally tens of times, but hey, nice to see Stowe getting a little love from one of the biggest gaming websites out there. So that brings us to this week's community question. What's your favorite bug or unintended funny moment from Star Trek Online? While the console launch of Star Trek Online has mostly been lauded as a success, the platform has been plagued by a few bugs, which are slowly being eliminated in Xbox and PlayStation weekly patches. Last week's Andor and Romulus patches, however, had some unintended consequences that left players puzzled. Tuesday's patch went live as normal with no new patch notes, but a number of players found themselves suddenly unable to enter Earth Space Dock, New Romulus, Kronos, or other maps. First identified as temporal paradoxes and then nebulously as an issue residing in the patch servers, it was finally determined that, quote, due to a patch server issue, fed captains are recognized as KDF and vice versa, end quote. In a response to a thread on Reddit, developer Cryptic Flying Targ elaborated, It was an unusual bug in a system that is normally completely stable. The system itself was actually fine. It was the data that the system reads from that went wrong. It took longer than usual to figure out what was going wrong because it was so unusual for the failing system to have the problems it did. We will be better prepared to address this issue should it ever appear again, but that seems incredibly unlikely. This bug appearing at all was the result of a confluence of unlikely events. A second patch was pushed through on Thursday morning, the 6th of October, fixing that issue, and also adding the Kelvin timeline lockbox into the game, which Mark will fill you in on in just a minute. While Tuesday's console patch notes were literally non-existent, Thursday's were a whopper. 
In addition to the new lockbox and the Fed slash KDF mix-up, a whole host of serious bugs were fixed, and a few quality-of-life improvements were made. Among the notable changes, holding the joypad down in space now sets the throttle to zero. Hurrah! They added a system list to the map while you're in sector space, which is especially handy for new players who are unfamiliar with the geography of the game. And players can now move items from the inventory into the account bank. For the full list of this week's fixes for consoles, and to see if any of your characters could be affected, we'll leave a link in our show notes at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO290. Love them or hate them, the Kelvin Timeline ships are here to stay and now headed to consoles via the latest lockbox offering. Kelvin Timeline ships being those coming from the J.J. Abrams reboot movies. Console players can get their hands on some sweet Kelvin Timeline Tier 6 ships such as the Heavy Command Cruiser, the Constitution class which will be Federation only. Those players are interested it's heavy on engineering with command and temporal operative bridge officer seating. The D4X Pilot Bird of Prey for the KDF, Tactical Heavy with Pilot and Temporal Operative Seating, the Talaru Intel Carrier Warbird, Science with a bit of Tactical, offering Temporal and Intel Seating, and the Intel Dreadnought Cruiser, better known as the Vengeance. Federation only via the Lobby Store, but Romulan and Klingon players can obtain the specific console for this ship via the Lobby Store also. Having an engineering and tactical focus with an Intel and Temporal Operative Bridge seating too. Each ship comes with its own unique Starship trait and movie-inspired console powers. Be ready to launch your core out your aft and get a speed boost. Drop a mining laser beam onto your foes, even deploy a devastating broadside barrage. There are many more stats and topics to cover about these ships, much more than what we can do here. We will, of course, drop the link in the show notes for you to have a browse and decide if these ships are the ships for you before dropping that zen on some lockbox keys. While ships are the main pretty shiny to behold, the Kelvin Timeline lockbox is packed with other items lovers of that particular branch of Trek may love. Additional console packs and space and ground traits are tucked away inside. Look out for profession-specific kit modules for engineering, science and tactical captains, bridge officer manuals, weapon packs that cover space and ground weapon choices. Add this to the Lobby Store edition of some costume options and there's little doubt why this was the next lockbox to hit the consoles. And quickly before we move on to tracking the devs and events, there were a couple quality of life improvements of note in this week's PC maintenance. If you've ever been frustrated running around on Nimbus for hours like I have, You'll be pleased to hear that there are now a series of transporters dotted around the map to make getting around more easy. They're tucked slightly out of the way, but according to developer Cryptic Spartan on the forums, quote, The intent was to place them somewhere that you wouldn't be spawn-camped by NPCs, end quote. The other big improvement was the addition of a security officer in New Romulus Command. Now you can turn in contraband, prisoners, and changelings for goodies without having to leave New Romulus. And of course, we'll link to the full PC patch notes as well. I wonder, uh, since they are, or they have made this change to Nimbus, is that a hint that there is some content coming up that is going to be based on Nimbus? Oh, that's true. I never thought uh, of that. I hadn't thought of that either. Possibly. Mm. It'd be interesting to see. Uh, or, it, or it could literally just be quality of life. It could be, but it's a little unusual to go back mm-hmm. to such an old area and make a quality of life improvement like that out of the blue without you know them thinking you know uh, about something else that made them yeah. work on this in the first place. Yeah. True. Yeah, okay. No, that's, that's true, actually, because Nimbus has been like it has been for, like, I don't know, what? 
Since three years? Four oh, years? Four, I don't know. Longer than that? Four or five years, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Why have they gone and done it now? Yeah, it's hmm. just something that myself and uh, some of the others within the Armada we were chatting about, and, uh, yeah. I just remembered something. What's Do you that? remember back, um, gosh, when was it? It was a trailer. Oh, what was it at the trailer for? The agents of... I'm going to have to look this up and I will report back next week. It was a trailer for something not too long ago where they did like a proper trailer trailer. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. in the trailer was somebody perched atop something in Nimbus. And I remember thinking at the time, we even noted it on the show that, hmm, somebody's doing something in Nimbus. Why is that? And we, we kind of speculated that it might be something to do with that. Of course, it's completely gone by the wayside and n- nothing's happened. But... Uh, it could be coincidental, or it could not be coincidental. Well, uh, a few of us actually um, thought that as well, and we thought it was with the Asians of Yesterday trailer, and when we went That's back the one. and we looked, um, we couldn't find a reference to Nimbus, but what we could find a reference to was the Guardian of Forever, or whatever the hell it's called, and the portal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was the only thing that we could find reference to something else in game that we haven't seen being mentioned so far mm. uh, since uh, the new expansion. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Well, awesome. you know, yeah, we've been told that you know big things are coming, and we've you know we have had uh, the new. I guess well, we think it might be a seasonal update, but we're not entirely sure. Artifacts coming on the. 3.5 yeah. or whatever. So that's coming on the 25th of October. You know, maybe there is something else coming. We'll have to wait and see. You ever think someone might be listening to this when we release it and go, damn it, they're on us? All yeah. the time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, again this week in an effort to bring you some of the news and comments from PWE and Cryptic that aren't officially announced in the blogs, here's some of the latest comments pulled from the Twitterverse. In response to one player's question about Tier 6 ships for PlayStation and Xbox... Star Trek Online at Trek Online Game tweeted, We're still looking to bring all our PC ships over to console. Stay tuned for more announcements. And Jeremy Randall at Portricus Cryptic tweeted, There's something surreal about opening a spreadsheet at the same time that Let's Get It On comes on your Pandora, but it feels so right. I think you have to have a special relationship with your spreadsheets Mm-mm. for that to be the case. I mean, I like a spreadsheet, but... What's a Pandora? <laughs> Spotify, kind of. Yeah. Ah. And lastly, before we wrap up Star Trek Online news, here are some upcoming events to look forward to. For PC players, Artifacts marches towards us as October 25th draws near. For console players, still getting your crystal shards? I hope so. Time is running out on the Crystal and Cataclysm. Over a week has passed now and this is a three-week event. Do it for the Marks, do it for the Dilithium, and do it for the Torpedo Loot. Of course, as always, events are subject to change without notice. Make sure you check the in-game calendar or listen in here at Priority One Podcast for the latest news and updates from Star Trek Online. Now let's check in with Jake and Cookie on the promenade. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jake Cobb. And I'm Cookie Cupcakes. And this is the promenade. So, what's up, Cookster? What? What have you been up to, Cookerino? Jake, what are you doing? I'm trying to be more spontaneous. A little more relaxed. You know, off the cuff. Oh. Well, it isn't working. You don't think so? I can say without question or hesitation, it is certainly and unmistakably not working. Cook-a-look-a-ding-dong! 
Just stop. Fine. Where were we? Oh, okay, here we go. In the northern hemisphere of Sol 3, the air is cooling. The leaves are turning. It's October. It's my favorite time of year. How about you, chocolate chip cookie dough? <sighs> Come on. Chocolate chip cookie dough? That's pretty good. You know what? Why don't we... Ugh, let's just get to it. So, I'll start. Whenever I've visited Cryptic Studios in the past, the company that produces Star Trek Online, or went to Star Trek Las Vegas, or even any random convention, I always noticed the hoodies that a lot of Star Trek fans wear. They're modeled after the next generation uniform tops, but they're hoodies, so they look super cool on everyone. It's a relaxed, casual look, yet totally awesome because it's Starfleet. It just looks like you're one of the cool kids if you have one of these. <laughs> I know that sounds really shallow, but I always think people look extra cool when they have these things on. I'm just being honest. No, you're right. Anyways, I got one for myself. And I waited a long time to do this because I wanted the science teal one, and they only ever had them in medium or larger. And I knew that it would be too big, so I waited. And I waited a pretty long time, too. I want to say years for a size small to come in the teal. And recently, it finally happened. I snatched one up as soon as I saw it on the website. And when it came, I was so excited. The hoodie itself is nice and thick, really good quality. But when I tried it on, it kind of swallowed me. <laughs> okay, I might be exaggerating a little bit, but it was definitely too big for me. I cannot believe the size small is that big. And I don't think I can really tailor it properly because it's so thick and the armpit area has like way too much fabric. And then if I took it in, it would lose part of the design on the sides. Anyways, I took pictures and posted them on Twitter if anyone wants to see what it looks like. My at handle is at cookie cupcakes. I hate to say this, but I think this hoodie might have been made primarily with men in mind. It does have a picture of a woman wearing it on the page, but you can't really even see how it looks on her. It's too zoomed in. So this hoodie does not look that flattering on me. And it was not that cheap either. It's 60 bucks on thinkgeek.com. I guess I can wear this maybe if I'm going out in the cold and I need a couple of layers to be warm and this could be like the outermost layer. I don't know. I'm not exactly happy with it, but it's not horrible. No, I saw the pictures. I like it. It's nice. You think so? Yeah, I like it. Okay. <laughs> You're not buying it, are you? I mean, I just don't feel like it's... No, it's nice, though. Know. It's like a good, like, if you're lounging around, you're going out for an easy... It's a loungy... It's a little sloppy looking, that's all. Yeah, it's nice. I wanted to look more, like, starfleet. Yeah. Like, tailored. So, what did you find interesting this month, Jake? Actually, I found something that goes really good with that sweatshirt. In late summer 2016, the Star Trek gadget world was set ablaze. Following hot on the heels of the Wan Company's TOS Bluetooth communicator release, it was announced that tech company FameTech would be fulfilling the hopes of so many TNG fans with a Bluetooth communicator of their own. The officially licensed TNG communicator badge is of classic TNG design, featuring the silver Star Trek Delta overlaid on a matte gold oval, and is constructed from ABS with zinc. In short, plastic. But a link with a more detailed breakdown is in the show notes and it measures in at 52.9 millimeters in height by 9.1 millimeters in depth by 42 millimeters in width. Worried about ruining your favorite uniform with pinholes? Don't. The badge attaches using neodyme magnets. Whatever that means. <laughs> but what about functionality? Well, I'm glad I asked. The badge, as would be expected, plays the classic chirp when pressed, 
but also features a one-button system that answers and ends calls, plays and pauses audio, and accesses Siri, Google, or Cortana. Beam me up, Siri. Show that fly away first. The Bluetooth V4.0 compliant device has a 33-foot wireless range, auto shutoff, and rechargeable lithium battery that can run for 5 hours of constant use or 10 hours of what FameTech refers to as cosplay mode. When it comes time to recharge, plug in using the included micro USB charging cable. You can get the Star Trek TNG Bluetooth Com Badge for $79.95 US. The device on quick glance sounds too good to be true, and some say it is. Several negative reviews mention thickness and construction material, i.e. plastic. In regards to thickness, the badge stands at about 9.1 millimeters, or about 0.36 inches for our standard using friends. As a comparison, the iPhone 6S stands at 7.1 millimeters, or 0.28 inches, the Galaxy S7 at 7.9 millimeters, or 0.31 inches, and the Delta stands included with the Playmates first contact action figures measure at roughly 6 millimeters, or 0.24 inches. With that said, the $80 price tag makes the device more affordable, nearly half the price than its Wan Company brethren, and we would like to reserve our judgment until the TNG Bluetooth com badges start making it into consumer hands. You can pre-order now at shop.startrek.com or thinkgeek.com for $79.95 US dollars. Okay, I just want to say this is way cooler than the hoodies. <laughs> but if you combine the two items, I think the coolness level would be too much for anyone to handle. Can you imagine going around making calls and getting directions or whatever just by chirping a comm badge on your chest? Like, what? Like, that would be awesome! Just being able to do that would just feel amazing. The only thing I don't like is that it's a magnet. I don't trust magnets at all. They pop off if you straighten your shirt wrong or move around too much. I've seen it so many times where people lose things because it was attached by a magnet. I would definitely need a pin to feel secure. Now, I did look up whatever the neomedium magnets were, <laughs> and yep. it does say that it's the strongest type of permanent magnet commercially available, but I still don't trust it. I just don't trust it. Well, duh, Cookie. Everybody knows that neodymium is the, t- the strongest type of magnet. <laughs> all you have to do is walk by a refrigerator and they just pop right off. <laughs> yeah. I don't trust those at all. Or you get sucked to the refrigerator. Maybe it's so strong you just... <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. Sometimes size matters. Links to the items discussed can be found in the show notes, so please be sure to check them out. Have any comments about the segment or anything discussed herein? We'd love to hear them. So let us know what you think on Twitter, Facebook, or in the comment section. And remember, you keep an eye on the stars, we'll keep an eye on the market. Until next time. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, this is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. This week's community question was... If you're a new Star Trek Online player on console, what are your first impressions of the Crystalline Cataclysm event? And for veteran players who have switched, we'd like to hear how you think it compares to its PC cousin. From Facebook, Liam Brody commented, Crystalline is mediocre. You get within rain, stop and fire till it blows up. Takes three or four minutes if everyone knows what to do. Still love the Borg Space PvE though, loving the game all in all. From Twitter, kukullen 74 at STO underscore Shane tweeted, Old PC player, and my first impression is, wow, it's not over in 15 seconds. 
It adds actual effort back into the STF. It's fun. On PriorityOnePodcast.com, Sean Newboy wrote, Wonderful show, everyone. So Kermit the Frog throws Kenna for a loop, huh? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, okay. <laughs> From Twitter, Krinagar Gamer at Krinagar1980 tweeted, I have played and loved this STF. I love it better on console until the lighting changes on PC. From Facebook, Harry wrote, I just started back playing Stowe after about six months on PC. It's pretty much about two minutes of pure ass-kicking and done. Easy, fast way of getting marks, but it's basically just the players owning the CE, Crystalline Entity. Yeah, so it doesn't sound like that the event is particularly that much different on console as it is on PC. Yeah, as much as they hinted that there was new tactics involved. Yeah, just sounds pretty much the same, which is good to know that it's not a fundamentally different experience. Finally, uh, we had another Star Trek story from one of our listeners. Tom wrote to us, I basically got into Star Trek through the movies. Back in the early 90s, when I was like 10, I got Star Trek the motion picture at our local Walmart store. Eventually, thanks to our local blockbuster equivalent, I live in a small town, think like Carbon Creek from Enterprise. I saw all the original series movies. And eventually, I've seen everything else via other methods. It's hard to put into words. It all just gripped me. Such a grand, vibrant universe with amazing characters and a generally optimistic view of the future. As for how it's affected my life, you have to look no further than the fact that one of the things one of my best friends and I bonded over is that DS9 is our favorite Trek series. He's the one who first told me about Star Trek Online, and now however long it's been since it was first announced, I've been a lifer since beta, I'm here explaining my Trek story to the hosts of my favorite Trek-related podcast. One last thing I'd like to mention. I ran for local office last year, and I seriously considered putting the logical choice on my yard signs. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Very nice. I'm surprised Tony didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that we want to start highlighting some of you in our shows. So from now on, every month, we want to hear from you about your Star Trek story. Maybe it's how you found Star Trek. Maybe it's the way Star Trek has changed your life. Whatever it is, send us an email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com and we might use your story in an upcoming episode of Priority One Podcast. Well, that wraps up episode 290 of Priority One Podcast. But before we go, here are community questions for this week. Have you already purchased Star Trek Beyond and watched the special features? What extra content was your favorite? And what's your favorite bug or unintended funny moment from Star Trek Online? Captains, you know we love to hear from you, so leave us a comment and your replies to our community question on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO290. You can also visit us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast or tweet us at PriorityOnePod. Don't miss a thing from the world of Star Trek. Catch our episodes every Monday morning by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. And if you're listening to us via iTunes or Google Play, please leave us a review. And more importantly, help spread the word about the show and invite your fellow Trekkies. It's your support that keeps us going. And don't forget to tune into Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency podcast at guardfrequency.com. Covering the world of space sims, including Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, Descent Underground, and many, many more. If you like this show, then listening to Guard Frequency is the logical choice. Thanks to our graphic artists, Romulan Ale and Jason Smith. To our writer and social media manager, Jake Morgan. To our video editor, Jerry Tillman. 
and to consultant Midnight Shadow 7 of Hollow Sweet Media for supporting this show. Thanks to our audio team led by Michael McDonald, with assistance from Brandon Parker, Jake Morgan, as Maria De Post, and Gavin Lawarn. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Ready weapons. Engage. Well, this week we trick out some fun little vignettes that have begun that. (laughs) 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 Oh God, she's gone. Oh, Miss Piggy. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Kermit the Frog here. Go, man, (laughs) dude. Troll level nine thousand. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? It's over nine thousand. What nine thousand? Yeah, those scenes were really good. You suck. (laughs) 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 Yeah, those scenes were really good. (laughs) I haven't seen. I can't pretend to have seen it. You saw the movie though. I saw the. I saw the movie. Yes. Ah, sorry. <laughs> Gotta clear my throat. I'm good. Okay. For realsies, Stone News in three, <laughs> two. <laughs> Guys, just try to keep a straight face for a second. Okay. Stone News in three, two. Welcome. <laughs> 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 you evil. So and so. We literally oh, haven't said a word. Together. Uh, yep. <sighs> or. To be Star Trek Online players, the potential... Potential? <laughs> also, you said, to we Star Trek Online players, and I thought, oh, just just for small Star Trek Online players. Uh, <laughs> and that kind of, not, this, not the Scottish we. And not the Scottish we, like the just royal like we. the generic English we. Yes, we. <laughs> the royal we. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Or to we Star Trek Online players, the potential long-awaited Tier 6 Sovereign class. <gasps> I know gasp. Oh, is that you didn't put gasp in the script? All right, well, I will go in and I will put gasp in the script and I will read. Wait, the should line. we all uh, at winter? Should we all just gasp? Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then you can edit it in. Yeah. <gasps> 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be one of those nights. It's going to be one of those days. But our beloved game made internet waves of sorts last Tuesday when a somewhat disturbing gameplay gl- clip. Be ready to launch your core out your aft and get a speed boost.
Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I Carry on. Laugh at that. That thing was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing at my own jokes. I know it's sad. Now let's check in with Jake on the uh, and Cookie. Haha. <laughs> Hi, Cookie. Hi, Cookie. <laughs> Hello, Cookie. <laughs> <laughs> what? She won't even be in it this week, and I'll have to re-record this bit. No, no, she was. Uh, okay. In the promenade, in three, two, one, go. I forgot to breathe a little bit. <laughs> I need to exhale. That's what I need to do. Okay. I'm going to say that <clears throat> again. <laughs> <laughs> You should say the whole thing because it sounded like you said word. Word. Yeah, we'll cut that out. <clears throat> but it's definitely, we're going to definitely try to sneak that into the bloopers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just do it. Just don't even ask. Okay. Just do it. Obviously. That's, that's yeah. the rule of this podcast. <laughs> if you ask, it's going to be a no. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but if you sneak it in, <laughs> there's hope. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so what did you find interesting this month, Jake? Nothing. <laughs> oh, come on. Because you go straight from that to yeah. in late summer, yeah, okay. 2016. Oh, all right. <laughs> Mr. Professional. This week's community question was, if you're a new Stowe player on... Co- God damn it, Winters. <laughs> <laughs> she was also trying to laugh because I... D- <laughs> Never mind. <laughs>